So um, the curio shop is called Curious Items. Okay. That's what it's called. Okay. What an absolutely creative name. Curious items? No way. <laughs> I am so curious about these items. You couldn't think of anything else? Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like brooding antiheroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is, where would you time travel to? I love this question. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm very pedantic. I- I'm just like, what what are the rules here? Can you only time, tra- time travel to one place? Or can you hop around? Or like, what, what are the rules here? I would say that it's a new technology, but it's entirely stable. Mm. So you can go to multiple places, but like, it takes a lot. So say mm-hmm. it costs money. Right. So if you had to pay once, where would you go? Right. And then you just get to come back. Yes. Right. I think that- One if- round trip. Gotcha. If the rule was gun to your head, you have to time travel somewhere and stay there. Oh, no, that's okay. never the question. Okay, good. Because if that were the question, my answer would be like, I don't know, two years ago, <laughs> you know, or like, uh, like, no, 2012. I was just going to say pre 2020. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I'd go back though. Pre 2016. Sure. Yeah. I'd probably go like 2010, watch the Lost finale. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, As someone who watched the Lost Finale live. Yeah. It was cool. But if I'm just going somewhere, I'd probably go to the future. That was my instinct as well. Yeah. It's like, I I don't really feel a pull to any specific decade as a lot of people do. A lot of people do, yeah. Um, But I don't really. Um, So if I were to do that, maybe if I had to go to the past, I would probably go to the 90s. I was born in the 90s and I'd be interested to see what it looked like. When I was born, uh, cause obviously I don't remember anything about the nineties because I was only up to five years old when it ended. Yeah. I'd probably go to the nineties, but other than that, I would probably go to the future. Where would you go in the future? Like how far? It's like the scary thing is, and, and if we're going with your thing, which is like, this is a technology. A lot of people have done it already. Yeah. It's then like, they could tell me that like, if I go this far into the future, the whole world is an apocalypse and you can't go back or whatever. Like yeah. that's my fear, but I want to go far enough to like make it look like the Jetsons. Like I want to yeah, go. I want to see the future. F- I want to go into the super future, but I hope that a lot of people, if it's your thing, that a lot of people have done that already and they can tell me exactly which ones are the best ones to go to. Fair enough. No, I like that. I like yeah. that. And my name is Brittany Ray. I am a tw- 20. Oh, I know what? I don't wish. I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I badass moms and long maps. Um, long maps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. I would do two things. One is politically motivated and one is just for fun. Okay. The one that's politically motivated is I'm taking my ass back to Jesus. Uh-huh. Because I want to once and for all prove, one, he was not white. I mean, which is provable, but no one believes it. And two, that he would be cool with minorities having rights, mm. you know? Yeah. And that the people who oppress human rights in his name should be ashamed of themselves. I just, like, I want... Since we've done so many Jesus things this episode for some reason. Yeah, there's I, a lot of religious stuff in this one, actually. I want so bad, because, we, you know, in Rivervale, Jughead was like, my interview with the freaking devil, oh, you yeah. know? <laughs> I'm interested in Jughead going back and being like, Tabitha, can you get an interview with Jesus for me? <gasps> that would be, oh my god. Jughead, wait, interview what? with Jesus. Wait, they have to do this? <laughs> yeah. Like, where's Tabitha? There's a lot of potential here. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that she'd always be in Riverdale, right? So she would have to 
like fly to Bethlehem or wherever and then time travel back because you oh, always seem to be yeah, in the same place. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. But, I didn't think okay, so that was your politically motivated one. Yes, and then my just curiosity one is I definitely want to see humanity in like the 23rd, 24th century. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see one what we look like, like what our like evolution has led to, yeah. what we've created. Like that's why I like I don't ev- like obviously everyone is mortal, but I don't want to be mortal because I want to see all the cool crap we do. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, it's yeah. like I. I want to be, I want to go so far in the future that I'm just like, oh, look, there are aliens walking around. So we all knew aliens were coming. Exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but then again, then it's like you have to grapple with like, if everybody's time traveling, then like, you know, everything, everything changes when time travel starts exactly. happening, you know? Because yeah. like, if, it, if it's like a thing where lots of people are doing it, then it's like, well, when I was growing up in the early 2000s, why didn't I see time travelers all the time if it was a normal thing? You know what I mean? Well, because then you have to start positing the existence of people who regulate time travel. Yeah. And um, you then guys, you get into Star Trek. Yeah. And you guys should, if you guys are interested in that, you guys should check out a book. Um, our friend Claire, who you have heard on our Lost podcast... And you've heard snoring in the background of this one. Oh, actually, oh, no, wait, she did come on and talk to us in like a mid-season three podcast yeah. to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, which I could now speak upon. Yes, and I'm you could. very disappointed in myself that I wasn't available to uh, talk about it back then. But uh, she wrote a book called The Rewind Files and the second book is on its way. So you guys should definitely go check it out. It's literally it's, it's about a like time that. agency. It's yeah. so cool. It's very cool. It made me cry. It's great. Today we have a word to say about episode 611 of Riverdale, Angels in America. Yeah. So Angels in America, the full uh, title is Angels in America, A Gay Fantasia on National Themes, is a two-part play by American playwright Tony Kushner. It came out, first part 1991, second part 1992, and the Broadway opening was in 1993. The play is a complex, often metaphorical, and at times symbolic examination of AIDS and homosexuality in Alberta. I said Alberta last time, too. That's so weird. In America in the 1980s. Uh, certain major and minor characters are supernatural beings like angels or deceased persons like ghosts. Initially and primarily focusing on one gay and one straight couple in Manhattan, the plot has several additional storylines, some of which intersect occasionally. In 2003, HBO adapted Angels in America into a six-episode miniseries, and uh, it was called Among the Best... The 12 best filmed portrayals of AIDS to date. My friend Patrick Wilson was in that. Mm-hmm. Just and thought i you know. Did he play an angel? I actually don't know. I haven't seen it. Did he I just play knew he was ghost? in it. I don't know. Well, all right. Just letting you know. Before we get started, uh, I just wanted to say thoughts from listeners. Um, our friend Blanche just wanted to remind us uh, what happened with Darius. Thank you. Um, Tony hired Darius as a night nurse in season four, and Cheryl fired him because she didn't want him to find Jason's dead body. Oh. Yeah. But I remember her being extremely mean about it, so I'm surprised that he came back, and, you know, he probably shouldn't have because now he's dead. Man, like, as much as I ship Shoney, they should not get back together. Cheryl messed so. up Tony big time. Yeah. Yeah. Tutor boot to this episode, Brittany. If, I give if, a- sorry, if this is your first time, I haven't I haven't told people this in a while, but uh, if this is your one of your first episodes with us, toot is good, boot is bad. There's a couple things on either side of that, but that's what's important to know. And we stole it from Drag Race. Yeah. I'm going to give this episode a toot. Yeah. I really liked it. For sure. I, I'm definitely giving this a toot. I'm trying to decide if I want to give it a shoot, which is like the best of the best. All right. Okay. I really like, especially like, you know, the Abigail episode that happened earlier this season. I like when they do history stuff. Midnight Club, I gave that a shoot. Like yep. all the stuff where they go to to the past yes. is like so fun and so cool. 
I would say that, like, the only storyline that I really, like, would complain about is probably the 90s storyline, which I will talk about later, because it's just, like, a big amalgamation, and I'm just, like... It's kind of a mess. What what even is happening here? Like, I was doing my notes, and I was, like... We have to do the 90s storyline and the end of this episode, and we only have 10 minutes left in this episode. Yeah. Like, and that, like, there was no time to do the 90s storyline, and it didn't really feel like an arc at all. And, like, I was kind of like, why are we, why did we even do this? They should have just kept it to the two timelines. Mm -hmm. I definitely think, I I, I think I'm going to go ahead and give it a shoot, though. I give them out so sparingly that I I think I'll do it. Peeve agrees with you, and she she says, how dare you do that? No, she's giving it a shoot, too. She's saying, yeah, I'm fine with that. She's surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this episode, we, um, like, had storylines, but they were in order of the episode. Yes. Uh, So we are just going to do it chronologically, even though it sort of did have storylines there. Um, So I did the beginning here. Um, As for the things that you need to know if you didn't watch the episode, Tabitha is a time traveler now, and we're pretty sure that Percival Pickens is uh, a demon. And I think that's what you need to know. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. So the beginning of the episode, before any time traveling has occurred. Yes. Tabitha Pop and Jughead watch the TV as Alice interviews Percival. He's planning on crafting a railroad that will go through the middle of Riverdale and wants to turn Pops into the railroad station. It's literally so cringe. Yeah. So Jughead is saying battles have been waged at Pops for years and years and years, and another one is starting. So Percival is a guest on Riverdale Today. I did not know- What the hell is Riverdale Today? Yeah, because Alice has always worked on RIVW, which is like the news station, and now she has a- A talk Talk show? show? Okay! It's kind of like, I would I would call it more of like a morning show, yeah. like, you know, like the Today Show sort of thing, but it's a... Uh, Riverdale Today. It's, it's new. Today. Today. I, I love this for her. an accent. I mean, I know that she's like a bad guy right now. And in fact, the like little blurb for the next episode paints her in even worse of a light, oh, to be honest. No. Um, but I love this for her because I love Alice. Oh, you can't keep a good milf down yeah. though. She says that Percival is a dedicated council member, a selfless philanthropist, and a successful businessman. And he says, I have a huge announcement. I want to do a privately owned railway. It will bring in jobs, tourism, and revenue, and Pops would be the best spot for a station. And yeah, we'd have to lose Pops, but <laughs> progress, right? It's literally, it's it's so evil. Yeah. At this point, like, what do you, like, I still am not 100% clear what he hates about Pops. Yeah. I think he just, he doesn't like that Tabitha is going against him, and Pops is her touchstone. But why does he care about Riverdale so much? Mm, you know what I mean? Still don't know, because, I don't know, people are magic here? I don't, I, do, I honestly don't know. We don't really know his motives yet. I guess. So Tabitha goes to yell at him about it, and he tries to get her to sell the diner using his charm speak, but it doesn't work on her. Hmm. So she says, I'm never doing that, and he's just like, well, weird, because as a council member, you should want to put Riverdale's interests above your own interests, because this would bring a lot of benefits to the town, and your diner is totally past its heyday, so... This Why man. would you even want to do that? This man. And Tabitha's like, no, you're the only one who will benefit. And he's like, well, the other people in Riverdale are going to disagree. And while we were watching it, I was like, this is very... Now place your bets as to who that benefits, the very seat of government where Hamilton sits. Exactly. Yeah. But she doesn't fall for the charm speak because she's thinking of the diner. Yes. Which is like her thing that her, anchors her. Her uh, constant, if mm-hmm. you will. Yes, her constant. So Tabitha goes around to Archie, Betty, Tony, and Veronica, but they all have reasons that they don't want to go against Percival on this. And Cheryl says that she will help, but she can't do it right now. She's so. busy. So Tabitha's like kind of out of luck. So she says, Archie, this is the first Black-owned business in Riverdale. It's really important for us to uh, protect it. And, you know, all of these people I know love Pops, 
But they're too afraid to go against Percival on this. They also have to tell her no in order for the, you know, for the plot episode to proceed. To occur, but yeah. yeah. So Archie says, hey, I was just beat up and embarrassed and I have to lay low now. <laughs> so like he literally knows my weakness and he could kill me. So I'm a little frightened about that. It's, um, it's embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Betty says to keep away from Percival. Like he can get people to do things for him. So like, don't be alone in a room with him. Basically. So are are we just kind of like having every character except that magic exists now? Yeah. Okay. Except for the ones that don't know about it yet. Okay. If, because not next episode, but the episode after that, like the blurb for it includes Veronica in the list of all of these people. If Veronica and Reggie, who's also in the list, don't get powers, I'm going to be really mad. Yeah, so am I, because they deserve powers. I'm just like... One of my notes for, like, the end of the episode where Tabitha, like, gathers all the other people with powers, I'd be like, so, Tabitha gathers all of these other white people who get powers. Yeah. You know? And Tabitha got one, which is great, but Veronica and Reggie and Tony and Fangs, all these people who are people of color, don't have any powers? Oh my god, it would be so- what do you think Tony's power would be? I don't know, but it'd be dope. <laughs> I guess she's just La Rona. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so she goes to Tony and says, you know, this is important for you because he'll also destroy the white worm. And she's like, no, actually, he already came to me about this. And apparently the white worm would just stay underneath the station and it would be fine and normal. So it's just a train station with a bar underneath. Yeah. And so, oh, and I, 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 I can see that. I know. But now Tony, like Tony didn't even tell Tabitha about that. Yeah. And Tony and Tony's just fine with this and not willing to fight. Well, they kind of have to have every character just yeah. say no to Tabitha, which like I understand. But um, how sad, especially because they were all united the previous episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's just too bad. Like, I know, like you said, it's important for the episode, but like, it's weird that Tony would just kind of roll over and be like, well, if I go against him, then he might also take away the white worm. So, sorry? You're out of luck, I guess. She goes to Veronica. Veronica says that she will support her in whatever she does. But hey, by the way, the pops little like pop stand thing in the casino is doing really great. So maybe you should sell pops and put it in a better location. Okay. Okay, thanks. Whatever. And she goes to Cheryl. Cheryl says, hey, I missed like everything that Percival's done, but I will help you. <laughs> and Tabitha's it's like, true. great, thank you so much. And she's like, I just like can't right now because I'm still working on harnessing my powers. Tabitha doesn't know about Cheryl's power right now. So she's just like, why is this house so cold? She's literally like, why can't you leave the house? Yeah. And uh, everything is just like really, really, really cold in Cheryl's house. But she seems fine. In fact, like fans herself because I guess she's feeling hot. She's probably just complete. I bet her internal temperature mm -hmm. is insane. Yeah. And Nana Rose is in the background like in... <laughs> in winter clothes. Poor Nana Rose. Somebody put her somewhere else. I feel no sympathy for Nana Rose yeah. to kill Cheryl like a bunch. It's true. Percival talks to Kevin about how he's still working on destroying Tabitha. So Ta Kevin comes in and says, hey, Tabitha is trying to get people to help just like you thought she would, but no one's helping right now. And Percival's like, okay, well, they will eventually start helping. So we need to stop that. And he kind of goes like, well, I tried to get her to stop and it's her fault that she didn't. So I guess I'll just have her murdered. Like it's like, her dude, fault. shut up. He's like, I gave her a chance. Yeah, sorry. People, people don't assume that if they go against just another person that they'll get murdered. I guess you do in Riverdale. He's just like, well, I gave her a chance and if, you know, she was smart, she'd just listen to me. If I was a, just like a person and I was going against somebody, I wouldn't, you need to make that very clear to me that, hey, if you don't do this, I will get you I, murdered. Yeah, you know? I need to know that the stakes are that I die. Yeah, exactly. So Tabitha talks to Jughead about it in their apartment, but he accidentally answers something that she only thought, so he has to tell her everything about everyone's powers. It's kind of cool. It was cool, but I was also like, when you figured this out, she basically already knew. Well, I, like, it had been kind of obvious yeah. for a while. Yeah. It's just like, they, I guess they had to wait for a convenient time for her to find out. I'm honestly glad because one of my complaints about last episode was that J Jughead's just like hanging out and being normal now. And it's like, is he not deaf? 
Exactly. We can't just sw- sweep that under the rug. You know, like and it's something, did. it's something that deaf people live with every single day, right? It's not something that can just be normalized. Exactly. I, and by that, I mean, you know, it's normal, of course, to be a deaf person and stuff. I just mean that, like, he can't just immediately go back to the normal life that he was living before. Well, honestly, I think that they could have passed it off as, oh, he temporarily lost his hearing for mm-hmm. a bit. But they had a whole episode dedicated yeah. to him adjusting to being deaf. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. So she says, I can't think of anything else to do. Like, now I'm starting to think maybe it is best for the town. And Jughead's like, no, Pops is everlasting. It's Riverdale's anchor. We have to, we have to figure it out. He's right, you know. So she thinks in her mind, how am I supposed to fight if I have no support? And Jughead's like, well, of course, I support you. And Tabitha's like, aha, gotcha. I just thought it. I that. thought that. You shouldn't have heard it. So he's like, oh, man. So yeah. he has to explain everything now. And they just kind of like cut to it, and so she just recaps all of the all of the powers, and they like sort of wonder why Percival wasn't able to manipulate her. And you know what? Respect to Tabitha for just being like, okay, sure, yeah, I yeah, that I checks mean, out. There's no other explanation for the fact that he straight up just read her mind, so she kind of has to accept it. And that Archie can like lie on a bed of nails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. She's like, I did see that. Yeah. And Betty's been wearing sunglasses all weird. Oh my god, yeah. She is she still doing that? Sometimes? Oh, it's so weird. So Jughead has the idea to turn Pops into a historical landmark so that Percival can't get rid of it. He and Tabitha go through some boxes at Pops to try and find some good evidence. And they do. Heartbreaking mm-hmm. that he uh, has all the good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, good for Jughead. Yeah. Uh, so he says, oh, I tried to do this to the drive-in like a million years ago. Thank you for throwing it back to the drive-in. Guys, Robin was so excited when they brought up the drive-in. I like, love that episode. That was it. That was a big moment. I honestly feel like that episode was like, like a lot of um, shows you say, hey, you watch four episodes. If you're still not into it, move on. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so that fourth episode really solidified it for me for like this show. Yeah. Um, as well as like the fourth episode of Lost is like a really big episode to like hook people as well. So like, it's always, it's always good to have a good fourth episode. And I, I really love that episode. That episode, it definitely has a space in my heart. I'm very happy about that. Plus you recorded yourself crying at that episode and then went viral on Twitter for it. Just because somebody told me to, and then I didn't expect Lily Reinhardt herself to retweet it. You it's know? true. And it was cute. So she's like, um, I don't know if we can make it a historical on landmark because Percival's just going to block it. Cause he's a council member and he's going to get Frank and Alice to also do it. Exactly. And he's like, no, no, no. We do it at the state level. So he can't do anything about it it. Genius. All right. So Pop brings in a box of old stuff and we see a couple of pictures and how they literally did polio vaccinations at Pop's. And it's uh, super cool. Like a lot of really historical things happened there. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they also have a copy of the green book and uh, Jughead says, once a safe haven, always a safe haven, which is really lovely. Um, So here is uh, the stuff that I got from the Wikipedia page for the green book. Um, It was an annual guidebook for African-American road trippers. It was originated and published by African-American New York city mailman, Victor Hugo green, which is why it's called the green book Mm -hmm. from 1936 to 1966 during the era of Jim Crow laws. When open and often legally prescribed discrimination against African-Americans especially and other non-whites was widespread. Mm -hmm. Although pervasive racial discrimination and poverty limited black car ownership, the emerging African-American middle class bought automobiles as soon as they could but faced a variety of dangers and inconveniences along the road, from refusal of food and lodging to arbitrary arrest, which is what we see in this episode. In response, Green wrote his guide to services in places relatively friendly to African-Americans, eventually expanding its coverage from the New York area, which is where we are, to much of North America, as well as founding a travel agency. So basically, awesome. it was here. Here is a place that it's safe to be black. Yeah, and you know, looking back, you're like, I can't believe they needed that. But then you're like, 
and but thank God they had it, you know. Well, it's it's very much the same logic now. Of, yeah. When I go on vacation here, is it okay to be gay? Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So one of Percival's goons run in, runs into Pops and shoots Tabitha. Okay. Okay. We saw this in the trailer. It's so giving Hiram. But so she's like, "Hey, maybe we should make grilled cheeses and tomato soup." For dinner. Um, excuse me. That's like my favorite meal. That's Robin's comfort meal. I literally had that today. Yes, you did. I love grilled cheese and tomato soup. Yes, you do. It's incredible. It was very cute. I was like, oh my God, this is Robin representation. So they're like, look at all of the evidence we have. There's no way that they will deny our application. And he talks about uh, Rockland County, which is, I guess, the county that they're in. So we have a very specific place in New York that they are now. Um, So Rockland County is the southernmost county on the west side of the Hudson River in the U.S. state of New York. It is part of the New York City metropolitan statistical area. It is about six miles, 10 kilometers from the Bronx at their closest points. So they are very close to New York. Yes, they are. Rockland County is the smallest county by area in New York outside New York City. It comprises five towns and 19 incorporated villages with numerous unincorporated villages um, and hamlets. It's cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah we, I, I love that we have like a specific location now. That's really cool. Um, and then the dude comes in and shoots her. So it's like, yeah, we have a specific location and also someone's about to get murdered. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot that happens in one scene. Yeah. And she wakes up in the 40s. This is the cool part. Yeah. All right. I think that the 40s storyline is the best one. It's the one that is most reminiscent of an actual arc. Yes. You know, like there's a full story there. The 60s one, sure. But the 90s one is kind of a mess. It's too short and there's nothing. Like you can't fit a whole story in in the 90s one. Yeah, I have some notes on the 90s one. All right, but we're in the 40s now. Yes. And Brittany covered the 40s. (gasps) I did. Okay, so welcome to 1944 Riverdale style. Yay! If there's a war on, they sure don't know it. Mm-hmm. Not once does anyone mention that it's World War II. Yeah, Artie mentions that he had been in the war, so he talks about how having been in World War One, mm-hmm. but other than that, no. I'm like, okay, well, uh, all right. I don't know when the states joined the war, though, so. Tabitha finds herself at Pops on Christmas Eve of 1944. There, great-grandfather Titus Tate refers to her as Teresa and has no idea that she's from the future. He shows her how excited he is that Pops made it into the Green Book, and Tabitha is like, oh, why am I in 1944? The person who can answer that is Jughead, who isn't Jughead, and is actually her guardian angel Raphael from Rivervale. How she knows that? We don't know. Mm-hmm. He's taken the form of Jughead to make Tabitha comfortable. If she saw his real form, she'd go insane. Anyway, she's Teresa here because that's how Titus's mind is processing her presence. Her actual body is in the future in the hospital. He gives her the enigma of time travel and suggests that she read it. Uh-huh. There's a lot happening in this one scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, so none of these women actually existed? Uh, no. From what I can tell, no. Yeah. So I'm just like, so if she asked Pop about it now, he wouldn't remember Tina? No. Right. Weird. Wait, if she's time traveling, then maybe yes. I don't even know. It, it's a little confusing because I had thought that they were, that those women were there and then she was like just coming Taking into their, their place. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like that's true. No, I don't think it is. So I'm like, does he remember like these important moments happening, but doesn't remember exactly how they got resolved? You know, like yes, she fixes possibly. things. Yeah. Okay. The book is called The Enigma of Time Travel by Milan Elliott. I googled it. Doesn't seem to exist. Okay. That's what I got. Uh, that it seems to be a fake book. But then again, okay. all I googled was The Enigma of Time Travel by Milan Elliott. You'd think it would come up no, if it was a real it, book. No, if it existed, it would come up then. But it didn't, it didn't come up, so. I thought it was sweet that he was like, I just came as somebody that you trust. And then it was such a lovely surprise when Raphael showed up as a different person every single time. Yeah, 
it, like, you know, we didn't need to see that other actor because, like, you know, we don't have any emotional connection to him. This mm-hmm. was a really good way to keep the rest of the Riverdale cast involved in the storyline. Yeah. So it turns out that Tabitha has superpowers. Mm-hmm. She's chronokinetic, meaning that she can travel back and forward in time according to this book. Yeah. If she could find her talisman, which is a meaningful or religious object, she could... Tr- could control her powers better and actually choose where she wants to go instead of just, like, randomly showing up in, like, I don't know, 1944. Yeah. Raphael suggests that she landed there because she's needed there. Put the talisman aside and focus on 1944. Titus interrupts and asks Tabitha if she's going to the town council meeting at Riverdale High. Mm -hmm. So basically, this is, like, something that they plan to for later, which is she needs a talisman. Yes. And they keep just, like, bringing it up periodically. <laughs> like, hey, don't forget, this storyline's still coming. <laughs> it's like they put so much, they put so much um, attention on that one thing that then later didn't really matter. Like, is it going to bring up, is it going to be brought up again at all? Like, maybe, can she only time travel when she's next to Pops? Does she have to have her talisman when she... Because that, oh, that's what's important then. What a good question. When can she time travel? Yeah, because if her talisman is Pops, if her talisman was like a pocket watch, she could move anywhere and do it, right? Yeah. I'm just wondering if that's the rule that she can only time travel because she's with her talisman because otherwise okay we figured out our talisman great and then we just move forward and she just thinks about her talisman and then it doesn't matter again i don't know it just like seemed like a weird thing to put so much pressure on if it's not going to come back later i now that you saying you're saying it i do wonder if because like the others don't really have limits to their powers except betty's like headaches i guess and archie's palladium thing that's true but like those are outside Mm. i don't know yeah. I do not know. Yeah. Hmm. I think the other, only other important thing that I had in the scene was just that nobody can see Raphael but her. Yeah. So that's, I which guess, is, important. Which is a good thing. But she's just constantly talking, talking to herself and like, are other people seeing her be like, like talking really animatedly to like nothing? <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine? They're like, Tina, you're weird. They'd be like, um, are you well? Yeah. So at the town meeting, some of the town's notable inhabitants, including Percival, Mayor Keller, which is just Dad Keller, and Principal Alice Cooper gathered to debate on whether Riverdale should be a sundown town. What's a sundown town? It's when all the black people have to be outside the city limits before sundown and remain there until the sun is up to curb crime. Now seems like a good time to point out that white people commit more crimes than black people. According to the U.S. Department of Justice in 2019, white people accounted for almost 70% of all crimes in America, while black people accounted for 26%. Going all the way back to the first available records I could find in 1980, those numbers remain consistent with white people committing 73% of all crimes. In fact, all available years reported white people were arrested 200-300% more than any other race. Hmm. But anyway, Tabitha protests that black families and businesses cannot survive that kind of policy. Percival says that they should simply move. (laughs) Okay! (laughs) Sounds like segregation to me. Mm -hmm. Artie Andrews stands up and agrees with her because all Andrews men are kings. Yeah. Can I say something about Artie? You can. When we were watching it, I was like, haha, Artie, because Artie sounds like Archie. And then I remembered all the times that they've talked about Grandpa Artie. Yeah. That's his actual That's grandpa. grandpa Artie. Ah! It's very exciting. Yeah. And he's very nice. Yeah, he's a good guy. He he basically says that he didn't fight for his country just for governments to limit freedoms. Mm-hmm. And part of his firehouse, because I guess he's a fire chief, yes. is black and they have saved lives. Mm-hmm. So Mayor Keller decides to, I guess... Think, think about, about it. it. I was like, 
bro, that was a really compelling argument yeah. that black people should be treated like people, but okay, buddy. Okay. Sure. Yeah, Pickens is the sheriff, and his, his deputy is Kevin, and his name is Perkins in this one. I thought- Yeah, I knew he had a bunch of different names, but I was like, I got no. it. Don't worry. Um, It's just weird because it's like, this one, like, Perkins sounds enough like Pickens, but then his name just starts getting farther and farther away from it's Pickens. It's just words of- It's just penis. It was just weird. <laughs> Uh, he also mentions all the other towns near us have done it, and it's been really good for them. It has it? So, well, that's what he says, but yeah. I don't trust him on anything. No. I noticed that in the 60s as well, he brings up, well, we should do this because the other towns around us have done it. And I'm like, we're not the other towns around us. Exactly. Chris O'Shea does a quite a good job with the American accent. It um, honestly sounds very convincing. Yeah. I had checked before this, I had already mentioned that uh, Chris O'Shea is English, yes. so he that is his actual accent. I think he does a really good job with the with the American accent. I it's would agree very with you. it is very fun to listen to him do it. I would agree with you. Alice is the principal, like you said, but she's also going by Cooper. So she's one of Hal's ancestors. Oh my god. Do these writers not pay attention to anything? They don't, Brittany. Oh my god, why is she supposed to be Smith? Yeah. Okay. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Oh god. So Tabitha kind of brings this up, but like, you know, he says all black people have to be out of the town by sundown. And I'm just like, oh my God, out of the town? Like not even in their houses, like a curfew, like straight up just out of that. Like where are they yeah. supposed to go if their house is in the town? And I I, I think they just simply don't care. Especially if, if, if this has happened in all the other towns. Well, what town are they supposed to go to? They're just they're just blipping out of existence until sunrise. They're, like, they're, I think they're basically trying to make them homeless. Yeah. is the goal here. Mm -hmm. And then by making them uh, unhoused, then they will arrest them. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. It's all it's all an agenda. And then they're like, "That's a crime. Black people commit crimes." Even though you're the one who made it happen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's like, it's racist that you think only black people commit crimes, like like you said. And, like, how are they supposed to survive? And he basically goes, I don't care. It, 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 the, the, the cruelty is the point. Like, figure it out? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a chill law. Just, like, go into a different town if you can't figure it out. Like, it's not my problem. And then, yeah, Artie Andrews stands up and, be, uh, and is a really great guy. And Keller's like, I'll think about it. <laughs> He's like, I'll sleep on it, okay? <laughs> okay, dude. Okay. You, I mean, ultimately, he makes do. the right choice, so... Tabula tells Raphhead that Riverdale was never a sundown town. It's like someone is trying to rewrite history. Mm -hmm. Like a guy named Percival, maybe. Yeah, probably. At the door of Pops, a small family asks to be let in. It's Tracy and Flynn, aka Fangs and Tony. Mm -hmm. And their little baby Annie. Wait, this is confusing. Uh-huh. Because if they're married and they procreated, mm -hmm. isn't there... I don't... Yeah, I'm not trying to work out the logic. Yeah, I think that, like, you know, we hear... I don't even know if we hear Keller's name, but Pickens' last name stops uh, or start like changes a lot. We hear Andrews for Artie, and we hear Cooper for Alice. So these so, like, are just people who look like they them. might just be people okay. rather than like like and then like Pop. Obviously, that's his actual family because we're hearing like their last of name. Of course, and yeah, it's their legacy. But I feel like these might just be people, and that way that way we can explain it to ourselves so that we're not weirded out. All right, fair enough. You know what I mean? So. Fangs and Tony's car ran out of gas as they were leaving Centerville before dark, and the cops are now after them because Centerville's a sundown town. Uh -huh. They broke the law. Yeah. They read about Pops in the Green Book. Uh -huh. So Tabitha and Titus immediately
immediately tell them to stay the night. It's Christmas Eve and they're safe there. Yeah. The science is they're closed, even though they're supposed to be open 24 hours, but I think they're just closed because it's Christmas. Probably. I guess so. I'm like, if you're open 24 hours, why do you even have an open closed sign? Just wondering. I didn't think about that. Just wondering. Mm. And it's like, so they're saying our, their car ran out of gas while they were in Centerville. So they were trying to leave. Yes, they, they were, were trying, trying to, leave. to leave. They were trying they to couldn't. follow the bullshit law. Yeah. But then, so the police got mad at them for trying to follow, like, to, for for trying to follow the law. And they ran into the woods with their baby. With their baby. Who, uh, do you want to tell everyone the baby's name? Baby Annie. She's asthmatic. Yeah. yeah. She's asthmatic. Yeah. But no, it's not even like Baby Annie. It's that they call her Baby, baby Annie. Annie. And yeah. it's very funny. It's very funny. But I just like, how far is Centerville from here? Like, how long did they walk in the woods? Jeez. Probably quite a ways. I would not be surprised. And you know, it's literally December. So like the sun sets so early. Yeah. You know, it's the sun is down a lot. Yeah. They, it's stupid. It's they a bad had law, to, obviously. They had to move mountains in order to do this. Yeah. And, you know, she says, like, in the morning, we'll go back and get our car if the car is even still there. Yeah. Like, because they might have just gotten rid of our car. And Annie's medication is in there. And she's, she's asthmatic. She needs her little baby medication. And I bet it's really expensive. Probably. Yeah. Medication always is. Uh-huh. And Americans don't have insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Percival the pig arrives to arrest the family. Tabitha squares off with him. Is Riverdale Sun downtown yet? No. So So leave us alone. So are any laws being broken? No. Does Percival have a warrant? No. Then he can basically F off. Yeah. (laughs) He can tell he's bested and decides to park his ass in the parking lot while he waits for Centerville to send over a warrant. Hey, bestie, you have to be somewhere to receive the warrant. Yeah. Also, you're still on private property. The car's on private property. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I like how she wasn't like, no, we don't have anybody here. I don't know what you're talking about. Like she says, by the way, I just wanted to say these people are not criminals. Yeah. You know, she doesn't go, oh, we don't have any criminals here. Nope. She she says, we do she have says, people we here. We have some guests, but they yeah. sure aren't criminals. Mm-hmm. Sucks to suck, I guess. And I love that he's like, can I speak to your manager? And he's just like, she's just like, sure. And her great grandfather comes out with a gun with and a is like, gun. get out of my face. He's like, well, you asked for the manager. At no point does anyone say like, oh, does she speak for you? Because mm-hmm. Pops is just like, yeah, or I guess Titus. Yeah. Yeah, she speaks for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like that he goes by Titus and doesn't go by Pop. Like, we know that previous, pe- like, people down that line are... Oh, they all go by... I think yeah. it's just to keep us not confused. Yes, but yeah, you're probably true. right. But I like... I, I would be so excited about this as Tabitha. Um, obviously, bad things are happening right now. But, like, you know, she gets to see her grandfather as a young man, exactly. which is really cool. Well, this and is then, her like, great-grandfather. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah. like, she got to see, like, in the 60s, she gets to see her grandfather yes. as a young man. And then, um, you know, in the moment where she, like, says, oh, my gosh, grandpa. Like, that part almost makes me cry because, yeah. like, I can't even imagine. I, I miss my grandpa so much. But I never got to meet any of my great-grandfathers. So it just would have been really interesting. And yeah. like seeing him do this and you're just like, good, I came from good stock. This man is a good person. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you're like, you had such a rich, full life that yeah. I never got to know about. I hope Tabitha tells Archie about what a great guy his grandpa was. I'm sure she will. Yeah. So inside, everyone tries to figure out what to do. They can't run since Beanie, Beanie Annie, since baby Annie has <laughs> asthma, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
They need a Christmas miracle. If only there was some kind of like supernatural Angel? being yeah. that like came from above around. Yeah. Oh wait. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tabitha goes up to Rothhead and she's like, "Hey, um, can you help?" And he's like, "Um, I'm not supposed to interfere." And she's like, "But it's Christmas. If you were going to interfere in anything at any time, this is the time. It's you know? Christmas." We're like, "It's a Christmas miracle." So she says, "Well, what if you just like showed Percival your true form?" And Rothhead like, yeah, I could do that. Because sure. it's Christmas. Yeah. Tabitha calls Chief Andrews and hides not Fangs, not Tony, and not Baby Anthony away while Raphael scars the cops for life, yeah. basically. I like that Raphael's like, I guess I could commit murder, kind of. Like, basically just, like, destroying their minds. I guess that's fine. He's like, well, I mean, they are pretty racist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. It doesn't matter because this is Riverdale. It's Riverdale. And, and also because the, these little bite-sized stories are very, very bite-sized. And they are, uh, you know, we need to get through it. We need to get through it fast. You know what I mean? Okay. But this is a bit... It feels a bit like a cop out. Like it's a little. It bit, is a cop out. It, it's a little. It's actually. It's, it's not a little. An, it's literally it's extremely a Deus Ex Machina. That I can't say that yeah. word. But it's literally that, and it almost kind of feels like the same thing in the sixties. That yeah, like every we're, time. we're taking it from something. You know, we're just taking our solution from like something much bigger than ourselves. What and, I know. think is extremely funny because like it's these writers. Yeah. So of course. But yeah. 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 I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I see your point. So Tabitha sends the family home with Artie, who will escort them home because he is a good boy. Yeah. Before they go, they swing by the mayor's office and Tabitha appeals to Mayor Keller to not turn Riverdale into a sundown town by telling him their story. Passing the law would cost the town its soul, so Keller agrees to throw the proposal out. Yes. We had said, like, Tom Keller or, like, Martin Cummins looks like he belongs in the 40s. Like, I want to see this man yeah. in more uh, period pieces, please. He, he has a face who hasn't necessarily seen text messaging. I want to see him in one of those, like, hats from the 20s. Ooh. Like a fedora, so but, like, handsome. not a douchey fedora. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And he's like, oh, it's a restless Christmas Eve for me. And I'm like, is it because your son just got annihilated by an angel? Or is he even your son in this story? Life. Oh, yeah, is he? I don't think so. Probably not. And also, is it because you're trying to decide whether or not racism is okay? Yeah, he's like, I'm really upset about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should be a pretty easy choice then if it makes you that upset. Yeah, if you're upset, consider this. Yeah. Don't say racism's okay. Yeah. But I love her point that it's like, if we do this, Riverdale loses its soul and it's not a good place anymore. And he's just like, mm, okay, good point. Well, I mean, it is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The next day, Tabitha learns from Tracy that she and her family got home safe. Mm-hmm. She's about to tell Titus about not actually being Teresa when Pickens walks in, kitted up in a straight jacket and a gun, yeah. and declares that Tabitha will never beat him, so he shoots her. I honestly kind of got chills from this moment. I thought it was so interesting. Uh, who plays Percival? Chris O'Shea. He's putting his whole ass into he it. He really is. He is working hard, and it is going well. Yeah, I appreciate him for that, to be honest. Yes. I noticed that every uh, storyline, she's reading a newspaper, you know, and we see the newspaper and we see how old the Riverdale Register is, which I think is really cool. I also really like that she's like keeping up with current events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, But of course, so she gets stopped before saying who she actually is, because I guess that would just like blow Titus's mind, probably. That would, I think, probably destroy the entire timeline. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Pickens comes in in a straight jacket. So I guess he, you know, but this is only like literally the next day. So they literally sent him to the hospital, like a mental hospital, like immediately, like that night. It kind of makes sense, though, because, like, yeah. during that era, they'd be like, we don't know what to do with him. Lock him up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Commit him. 
commit him. Yeah. Uh, put him in a jacket so he can't even scratch his own little nose. That seems like torture. Scratch it off. Um, so yeah, he escaped the hospital and also has a gun somehow. Where did he get the gun from? I don't know. Where'd you get a loaf of bread? But we sort of noticed that he had the British accent again, which makes us think that that's actually Pickens, you know, like that's actually him. Yep. Rather than like this old timey version of him, which I, which like I said, kind of gave me chills that it was like, wait, he's, he's moving through time with her. Yeah. Like he's conscious of this, you know, he's there. He's playing this role because he knows what the stakes are. He knows who she is. He knows everything that's going on. I'm hoping that this ends in a cool way because the things that they're doing are genuinely cool. Yeah. Like, the the choices they're making as writers are neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And I think, um, you know, when Ross originally said, like, this is our new villain, and he's totally different than Hiram. And then within the first couple episodes, we're like, um, this is just Hiram this is just again. Hiram, yeah. And now I'm like, wait, no, he is different. He is different. Yeah. This one's racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean... Yeah. Did I lie? <laughs> the storyline was the most polished, I felt. I feel like this was the best one. Yes. It was the most, the one that had an arc. It definitely had a definite arc. I actually prefer the next one because mm. of the emotional impact. And we mm. actually get to see some things that I don't know if Riverdale, I never expected Riverdale to explore. Mm-hmm. But the way it wraps up is, yeah. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the 60s. Well, let's talk about Patreon hey, real quick first. you know what? Let's talk about Patreon. Okay. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Um, And we have a couple of really cool perks that you can get if you join it. $1 level gets you early access to every single podcast. This one comes out a day in advance. All the other ones come out a week in advance. $2 is our Discord server. $5 is 10% off at uh, places where Brittany sells stuff, I sell stuff, and also Lost Pod co-host Casey sells stuff. Uh, so lots of 10% off options there. You guys should see what I'm doing right now. <laughs> She's doing crazy It's stuff. so cool. Um, my personal favorite level, which is the $10 level, is our Patreon-only podcast, which is called OK Love You High, in which we just kind of like talk about whatever we want every two weeks, and it's really fun. I love Oakley. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great time. Um, so check it out. If you can't do that, check out those places where we sell stuff. You can see those in the, in the description. And if not, just recommend us to a friend. It's free, and it helps us out. Even if you're recommending it to yourself, because this is the only one that you listen to, uh, check it out. We really appreciate it. You're the best. Thanks. Hey, mama, welcome to the 60s. Oh, 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 mama, go, go, go. Welcome to the 60s. Oh, 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 hey, mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of us can sing and one of us can't. It's me, I can sing. <laughs> no, I can't. Anyway, so welcome to the 60s. Yay. Oh, my God. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Tabitha comes to you on April 3rd, 1968, the day before Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. She does what anyone would do, I think, if you know this date. Yeah. She panics and immediately borrows money from Pop to take a bus out of town to stop the assassination. Which you can tell because later she says, hey, people always say, would you go back and kill Hitler if you could? And she says, yes. Yes. So now she's like, I'm going to change these historical moments. I don't even give a crap. There is also a great Doctor Who episode about this exact concept Mm -hmm. and how sometimes history so badly doesn't want you to fix something, it will go out of its way to stop you. Mm -hmm. And that's very much a let's kill Hitler, which is also when they reveal River Song's identity. So that's neat, a burrito. Actually, that's the episode after that. You should watch Doctor Who. Don't skip nine. Thank you. Don't skip nine. Mm -mm. 
People, if Blasphemy. people tell you to skip nine, you are missing out on peak camp. Yeah. The Slovene is camp. Yeah. Thank you. Hello, Rose. I love Rose. Rose is my favorite. Um, Plus, you have to understand Rose companion. to understand the doctor's dynamic with the companions and yeah. then the conflict that he feels with River. If you skip nine, then you're missing the Are You My Mummy episode, and that's a crime. Are you my mummy? If you skip them, you'll skip Jack. You don't get to see you Jack, and then later Jack? when you see Jack Harkness, you're like, who's that? I don't get it. And you're like, that's a big old gay alien. Yeah. Anyway, if you watch Doctor Who, don't skip nine. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bus that she got on to stop the assassination broke down outside mm-hmm. Riverdale. She even tries going to the FBI, but Percival, who I think's name is... um, It's Agent Perry Pierce. Yeah. So I call him Percival. Okay. okay. Oh, that's good. Thank you. He is an agent there. And so that's a no-go for Tabitha. Yeah. I love how she shows up and then he he turns around and she's like, uh, and then she just walks she out. She literally leaves. And like Kevin Kevin's weird ass, ass mustache. He's literally like, as an FBI agent, just kind of standing there like, I okay. flew up. Yeah. <laughs> so she returns to Pops where Raphael in the form of Tony mm-hmm. explains to her that Martin Luther King Jr.'s death is a fixed point in history. Mm-hmm. Some events are too monumental to humanity to undo. Hey, at least Tony is in the Doctor and Donna in the Fires of Pompeii. Am mm-hmm. I right? Yeah. Like, at least you don't find out that you're the reason it happens. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. I love that it like... Like I said before, um, the reveal that it's going to be a different person every single time was like so much fun because then at that point it's like, okay, yeah, Jughead, obviously. Okay, Tony, obviously. Who's going to be the next one? Who is it going to be? And so it was just like a really nice surprise who it was uh, in the 90s episode. But I kind of thought it would be neat if it was Alice. Because they're on the board together, and because I'd like to see more of that dynamic. Yeah, we we've seen Alice and Tony, but we haven't really seen Alice and Tabitha. Exactly. Um, I guess she just really deeply doesn't trust Alice right now, and that's what Jughead Raphael said was it has to be someone that you trust. Exactly. That's a good point. Okay, fair enough. That's just my excuse to get Majin to do more things. Yes, she gets, for she's sure. Getting paid dust. Yeah, but I guess. I don't know. I guess she gets to hang out in Vancouver and do whatever she wants. So yeah. Nah. So Raffoni suggests that she looked for her talisman, but Tabitha says she's probably going to be a little busy for that right now. Raphael promises to stay by Tabitha's side through the traumatic event that she's about to witness. Yes. She's like, even considering like calling the motel that he is literally staying at because she knows exactly where he's going to stay at. Yeah, it's a really famous motel. Yeah. And for she, this exact reason, obviously. And she's just like, yeah, it just wouldn't work out no matter what. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting thing for the writers to choose because I think that they're right for it, but it is something that I think I would like to hear uh, Black Riverdale fans talk about, which mm. is like saying that Martin Luther King Jr.'s death is a flashpoint. I'd like to hear more about that from mm-hmm. people who know more about it. Right. Yeah. The next night, Robert Kennedy announces that Martin Luther King Jr. has been assassinated. The whole diner is overcome with grief, including a young pop. He drops to his knees in anguish. He wonders if they should shut down the diner, but Tabitha says they need to stay open and be a safe place for people to gather. Oh, the moment where she says, oh no, grandpa. And he's like this young kid who's like younger than her. He's a baby. Oh, that, that broke my heart. I almost started crying baby in that pop, moment. Baby pop, baby pop. Oh, baby, 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 pop. I'm just having fun. Baby bottle pop. (laughs) Stupid. The next day, Percival and Agent Keller, a.k.a. Kevin, visit Pops and announce that the riots in their surrounding towns have them concerned. So they're implementing a 6 p.m. curfew. Stop talking about the other towns. I don't give a crap about the other towns. I give a crap about Riverdale. That's literally how racism works. They're like, well... Uh, this happens that somewhere else, true? so like, I need to justify. I genuinely don't think it's true. No, I mean there were riots that obviously there were a lot of riots that broke mm-hmm. out, and those riots were integral to like everything. Mm-hmm. But um, y- you just gotta wonder, you know? 
Yeah. Oh, uh, they're breaking up all gatherings, and I'll have you know that I spelled curfew. Curfew? Curfew? With many E's for some reason. <laughs> I don't, I, did I have a stroke? Maybe. So Tabitha is like, but no one is writing here. We're literally all mourning. Mm-hmm. But the other two are, you know, like racist. Yeah. So per- Percival says if they continue their gathering after six, they'll all be arrested. I'm Never- so mad for Kevin. Yeah. Kevin is just like, he's literally right beside the villain the entire time. And I'm just like, what did Kevin even do? Like, do the writers hate this character? I don't know. It feels like he just gets the short end of the stick all the time. And like, even I hate Kevin because of the crap that he's been pulling, you know? And it's like, I don't want to hate Kevin. No. But it's hard not to because of the crap that that he's doing. Well, they're deliberately making him unlikable. And uh, I can't tell if it's because they're trying to set him up for for like a redemption arc. Or if they're going to kill him. Yeah. Or if like Casey just wants to leave the show. I don't know. If I were Casey, I'd want to leave the show. Yeah, no kidding. Like there's nothing for him to do here. Yeah. So Tabitha points out that they're literally just sitting around being peaceful and listening to the radio. So what's Percival's deal here? He says that he's just concerned that emotions may spill over into violence. This man is mega Twitter come to life. He's every Republican politician who says that you can't have emotions mm-hmm. when it comes to governing. And I'm like, okay, but then you're not a person. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you mentioned that. I, I can't remember. But like, she's like, why is the FBI even doing the mayor's job? You're I actually didn't mention that part. Yeah, you're right. And he's like, well, the mayor asked us a favor. Oh, yeah, because you're not doing anything else? Also- At the national I, level, you weirdo? How can I even verify that? Yeah. Exactly right. Like, did that actually happen? Or are you just full of crap and working outside your jurisdiction because you're racist? Like, later he's like, oh, hello, yes. I was just about to do my job. uh, Getting rid of uh, violent uh, protesters. Or, like, whatever. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, I just actually really wanted to shoot some black people. Yeah. Like, what the f- What? Yeah. Yeah. What? I don't- I'm just mad. Yeah. I know this isn't news to a lot of people, especially if you're black, you're like, you guys sound stupid, but, like- God, you have a lot of feelings. He says, I'd hate for the powder keg to blow, which is foreshadowing because he puts a bomb in Pops later. Oh, I completely missed that. Yeah. And then there's another foreshadowing moment in the 90s. And so I'm like, but I completely missed if there was a foreshadowing moment in the 60s or in the 40s. I don't know. But either way, there was one here when he says the powder keg to blow and then he gives them a bomb. And then there is one in the 90s too that I wrote down. I don't remember seeing one, but um, he could have like made some kind of shoot your shot joke. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So Tabitha tells the customers inside Pops about the FBI's orders. No one is for this. Mm -hmm. And they kind of do want to riot. Yeah. But Tabitha says that rioting and throwing and stuff and violence is exactly what the FBI wants because the FBI wants an excuse to hurt them. It's going to prove their point. Yes. So basically you, you're stuck either way. It's a rock on hard place. So instead of sort of falling in line with what the FBI does, um, Tabitha calls up J. Edgar Hoover himself. Yeah. And blackmails him. Yeah. I like, thought this was hysterical. Yeah. It's like something, it's it's another kind of deus ex machina, I feel like, because you're literally like bringing in Jay Engrew. Like, are you kidding me? That's insane. <laughs> but she knows all his crap because of uh, history, history and like knowing things. I gotta tell you, I know a lot about like, you know, FBI stuff, not because I look it up, but because I watch the X-Files. So yeah. I think I know things. Maybe I don't. I didn't know any about like any of this about J. Edgar Hoover. Mm. Isn't it, wasn't it like a thing that he like had all these files? I did. Uh, well, I didn't know that. Oh, I, I mean, only I know don't about know, the files labeled X. I don't know any details about it, but I feel like I did know that he had like a lot of files that eventually got like, we should probably do actual research on this, but <laughs> yeah. um, you know, got uncovered and then everything, like a lot of bad things happened. And so then they named the FBI headquarters after him. Got it. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> they literally named the building the J. Edgar Hoover building. Cool. Okay. 
okay. You know what? No, but isn't that just like history? Mm. So she blackmails Jagger Hoover into doing what she wants, which is to not implement the curfew and to fire Percival. Mm-hmm. Percival gets the call and finds out that not only is his curfew, which he calls the turkey shoot, which is a throwback to a couple episodes ago, because when when in the Serpent Queen's Gambit, when Tony and the other serpents got asked by Twyla to come in there, they kept saying the word turkey shoot. Okay, and I also just looked it up, and turkey shoot is an informal saying. Yeah. A situation typically in a war when one side has an overwhelming advantage. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has any racial connotations, but given how deeply racist this character is, right. I wouldn't be surprised, but I, again, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, they have used it like a couple episodes ago. So interesting. it's interesting that they're using the same words. I think that him knowing all of these colloquialisms from the time does imply that he was there in mm. all of these incidents because his language is always updated. He doesn't ever sound like Abigail. Right. So I think it is that he's immortal and he's lived through all of these things. Well, immortal in that a demon just doesn't die. Yeah. Unless the Warrens are there. Because Tabitha gives a couple of like things that he could be, including some of the things that we guessed that he was. Um, but it seems like the prevailing thing is that he's a demon he's a at demon, this point. Yeah. yeah. Which, um, that works great for me because that's also one of my other interests. Yeah. So. Oh, and uh, so Percival, the final part of that scene is Percival is like, I know it was Tabitha. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he drives to the diner. Boiling my plan. And Tabitha just like stands at the window and watches him and she's kind of expecting to get shot, but she's mm-hmm. watching him do the slow-mo drive-by, sort of willing him not to shoot her. And he doesn't. And also, like, first of all, yes, because she keeps getting shot. Um, But also, you know, she's like, if he stops and comes in and starts arresting people, that means my plan didn't work. Yes. So she's also like, please, like, just keep going. Keep keep driving. And tell me that what I did worked. And it was a success and her plan did work. And she did manage to blackmail the director of the FBI. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I love that journey for her. So Raffoni tells Tabitha that she must have completed her mission since she wasn't shot by Percival. Mm -hmm. Tabitha wishes she could do more, and then Raffoni just suggests her mission may not be over. Which, I mean, so scrap what she said a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Her mission's not over. Yeah. So never mind. Tabitha heads to the back of the diner and discovers a bomb in the cupboard. Oh. She runs to the alley and throws it in the trash can, and then just kind of stands over the cr- trash can and closes her eyes instead of running for her life. Well, I think what she's doing is she's trying to move time. How would that help her? Well, it did, because now she's in the 90s and not being blown up. But she could also could have ran away and not get blown up. She had she had the time. I guess so. I have some thoughts. Okay, go on. Those were all my thoughts. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, I knew that she'd try and take it outside because Pops wasn't blown up. Yes, duh. Um, yes. So if Pickens uh, left a bomb, are they trying to tell us that Pickens did the bomb under Archie's bed? Because I thought that- No. I thought they were telling us the ghoulies did that. No, I don't think that's what they're okay. telling us. Oh, mama, welcome to the 90s. Whoa. I feel that we were absolutely robbed. What year is this? 1999. What's the song? There's a song. Like a a recent song? No. Oh, I know there's a recent song. Troy Sivan sings it. I think it, hang on. What I was gonna say is I think we were absolutely robbed of seeing Tabitha in the 70s and the 80s. Wow, a lot of bangers came out in 1999. Mm. Also, I yes, I did want to see Tabitha in the 80s. Yeah. Anyway. It's like party like it's 99 or... Yeah, the song that I know is like, I just want to go back, back to 1999. I lived in the United States in 1999. Right. And I was in New York during Y2K. Party like it's 1999. 
What is it? 1999 by Prince. Oh my god, I was remembering a Prince song. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm a gay person, so that, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tabitha wakes up in 1999 as Tessa. Uh, she and Pop are cleaning some white supremacist vandalism off the diner. Yeah. This is a, this is, like I said, this storyline has hardly any legs. It's very, very short, and there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot. There's nothing really under the surface there's, on this one. There's you know? nothing of historical significance to deal with, which is why it's kind of confusing why she lands in this year. Yeah. I was like, it would be kind of cool if it was like Y2K mm-hmm. just to give us something. Yeah. But apparently... It is Y2K. But like... It's not Y2K. The eve of Y2K. Yeah. Because on the um on the newspaper that she has, it says Y2K on it. Like, here's the thing. I remember the turn of the millennium. Yeah. And I remember people being genuinely scared that all of like our computer systems and our society was going to shut down because computers hadn't been programmed to go past 1999. Like, the dates couldn't flip over to the year 2000. So people were genuinely scared that, like, some kind of big apocalypse was coming. Mm -hmm. And I find it really fascinating that they didn't choose to explore any of that. Yeah. (laughs) They were just like, "Mm." Well, they didn't have time. Honestly, I think they spent too much time at the top of the episode. I think we should have cut off a lot of the things that happened at the top of the episode and gotten more into the 90s. Oh, you mean like with in the present day? In the present day. I completely agree because the other two storylines were quite good until you get to, you know, how they were resolved. Yeah. But the 90s, there's so much room in the 90s. Yeah. So much stuff happened in not the enough, 90s. Yeah, not enough happened. First of all, the braids are cute. The, I braids, like the braids are very cute. Um, and it says 88 on the diner. And Pop points out that it's a white supremacist um, thing. So it stands for something that um, followers of Hitler did say yeah. while saluting. We don't want to say it. Um, I don't really want we know to. what it is. We know what that you know what it is. You can just but Google TBH, it. it just makes us uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. And I don't really want to say it. Um, but 88, basically, H is the eighth letter of the alphabet, so 88 equals HH, and the second word stands for Hitler. So, uh, one of the most common white supremacist symbols, it is used throughout the entire white supremacist movement, not even just neo-Nazis. I wouldn't call them a movement so much as I would call them a group of losers. Yeah, right. I gotta say. Um, so, so Pop says yeah. that he straight up caught this kid doing it, and that he sort of, like, seemed in a daze when he did it. Um, which we'll talk about in a second. But Tabitha also finds a little baseball card and grabs it. And I'm pretty sure that this is the baseball card that they found in the time capsule uh, at the beginning of season five. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Sheriff Keller says, our Sheriff Keller, listen, they were supposed to be in high school in the 90s. This is not a couple years out of the night, out of high no, school. No, this is really Keller. funny. Why the hell didn't they have Kevin play his dad? Right. Exactly. They've done it. Before. Before. Like, they just make him a little... Like, he's already older. I don't know. They probably should have just had this be Kevin, but they needed Kevin to, like, come and be... Wait, no, Kevin wasn't even in this one. No, they... (sighs) Kevin could have done it. All they did was give Martin Cummins color in his hair, and that's it. It's it's a fundamental, like, thing that these writers screw up all the time, which is little details that fans keep track of Mm. that they should also be keeping track of on their own show. Here's the thing, Brittany. In the 90s, in Midnight Club, Casey Cott plays Tom Keller. Correct. And he has black hair. So tell (gasps) me why this Tom Keller has brown hair. Okay. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so our Sheriff Keller... Just a little bit younger. Just like we have our pop here, but just a little bit younger. He says that it was this kid named Brian, and he's sitting right over there. (laughs) This is so cringe. Okay. So he says there's been a wave of vandalism in the town just last night. It was all kids. Um, She looks at the 
calendar sees that it's November of 1999, so it's almost Y2K. Um, seemed to be in a bit of a daze, doesn't even remember doing it. So maybe we'll bring him to his parents. Maybe his parents, maybe he does this a lot. Like maybe sure. his parents will know about it. And she's like, uh, yeah, maybe, but can I go talk to him? And he's like, we'll talk about pressing charges tomorrow. You know that they are not going to be pressing charges on this kid who clearly doesn't even know what he's doing. Yeah, which like kind of sucks because it's just like, it's a weird messaging. Yeah. Anyway. So Tabitha goes to talk to him and he basically says that he went to see the owner of the new curio shop which is chickens, mm-hmm. and just like he's going to be now. So so it, how is it a new curio shop if there was one in the 90s, Percival? He's never had an original idea. All his ideas are just racism. And he asked him to do a favor in exchange for a fancy baseball card, but he doesn't even remember what the favor was. Which, yeah. So I feel really bad for him that he's like taking advantage of these kids. Who just want nice collectible baseball cards. Yeah. So yeah, his name's Brian and he's like, I'm really sorry. I don't even remember doing that, to be honest. I... I honestly think that the, the actor who plays this kid was pretty good. Yeah, he's great. I thought yep. he was actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so he, she gives him the card back, which is really, really nice. And this is the foreshadowing moment for uh, this storyline. He says, oh my gosh, this is the holy grail of baseball cards. They were like, let's just be really obvious about yeah. it. Um, yeah. So my next note was just, was there a foreshadowing moment in the 40s? Because there was one in the other two, but I don't, I'm I don't not know. 100% sure. If you guys can catch it, please let me know. I'm definitely interested in hearing about it. He says they lo- he loves this player because it's Riverdale's only major league player. He's the only guy that's ever come from Riverdale and is now in the in the big leagues. I feel like that's important. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been brought up multiple times on this show. Yeah. But that's all we know. Okay. He says he just got it from the curio shop and he's supposed to do a favor for it, but he doesn't even remember what it was. And the name of the owner was Paul Prince. Okay. So Principal. Done. Principal. Done. Wait, his name is Prince because Prince parties like it's 1999. Oh, wait, that works. Done. Yes. That's it. We're nailing it. We're nailing this. We're so good at our jobs. Stop. I know. <laughs> so Tabitha heads to the curio shop when Raphael shows up as Betty this time. It's very cool. So Raffetti, the way that, you, that you've that uh, you been doing it? Yeah, it would either be betty L or Raffetti. I honestly like betty L. I like betty L. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go for it. So Tabitha breaks in and finds a whole bunch of super old stuff and takes pictures of it all. So... Um, the curio shop is called Curious Items. Okay. That's what it's called. Okay. What an absolutely creative name. Curious Items? No way. <laughs> I am so curious about these items. You couldn't think of anything else? No. Curious Items. These items. They're curious. They're curious. So she's reading the register. We see the little thing that says Y2K. And Raphael comes as Betty. That is so sweet. I'm very happy that it's Betty. It is so sweet. You know, I was thinking like, like I said, Jughead, obviously. Tony, obviously. But who could the last one be? I I couldn't think. I didn't know. And then Mm -hmm. when it came up as Betty, I was like, that is so cute. That is so sweet. I love that. So she's like, you're getting really good at um, time jumping. You jumped like one second before the explosion. And she gives her a bobby pin so that she can break in, which is a Betty thing. And so it was really cute. It's truly a classic moment. So she goes in, candlesticks, other creepy stuff, cameras, war photos. Mom? <laughs> Portrait? Uh, donkey? Club. Another club. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so- And there's also, sorry, there's also a portrait of Augustus Pickens, I assume, and also, like, the war uniform. Oh. I assume that's Augustus Pickens. Probably. Yeah. What were you going to say? Um, it's giving the Warrens artifact room. Yeah. This is very clearly the Warrens artifact room from The Conjuring. Uh Um, they've already had Annabelle in the season, too, so, like, these aren't hard breadcrumbs to put together. Yeah. So, my guess is when he opens up his shop, for real, it'll be full of cursed objects that he will then use to influence people. Right. Yeah. Oh, sure. They'll sort of have, like, an emotional aura or something that is going to make them, like, irritable or something, maybe? Well, it depends on the object. Um, A lot of them are, like, like, Annabelle 
for instance, is a conduit for other, like, malicious spirits, Mm -hmm. whereas other ones are sort of mementos from cases with malicious spirits. So Uh I don't know if the items themselves will influence people, like, in the Riverdale universe, Mm -hmm. or if they'll bring forth more demons. Right. We'll have to see. Mm -hmm. So Tabitha and Bediel, 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 um, look at the pictures and are starting to think that Percival might not be human. Principal, hmm. which just sounds like the word principal. What could he um, be, darling? So they're like, why does he keep showing up like this? And Betty has this whole thing where his heart is so cold that he burns villages for warmth, which is like probably a, it's a very good line for like a show that's more serious than this one. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it seems a little, it's a good line, but it's a little out of place here in this insane circumstance. I think um, you, she literally could have said some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. It would have had the same effect. Mm-hmm. And then starts and, and start singing the song from Mean Girls the Musical. When are they going to do Mean Girls the Musical? I don't know, buddy. I hope it. I hope soon for your sake. Me too. So they're like, is he just reincarnated? Is he an immortal time traveler? Which is what Brittany thought. Uh, is he a demon? And it turns out that he, he is, is a, a demon, demon, but also yeah. maybe all of those things. I or don't know. Like a, vampire or yeah. something? Because when you see his real face, yeah. he looks like Nosferatu. Yes. Or like our whatever absorption of him is. Yeah. Um, and so she goes, here's this, this one that he has is the Spear of Longinus. Okay. Um, which is the Holy Lance, also known as the Lance of Longinus. Is the Spear of Destiny or the Holy Spear is the lance that pierced the side of Jesus as he hung on the cross during his crucifixion, which, which Betty L says. This dude in his curio shop sure has a lot of Jesus stuff. That's why Theory. I said it was the Warren's artifact room. Theory. He's Judas. He's Jesus. No, he's Judas. Okay. Okay. Write that one down. Okay. Lady Gaga wrote a song about him. Judas. Judas. I can't sing. Judas. 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 Fun fact. Judas. The guy from The Walking Dead is in that music video. That is a fun fact. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Then he also has the Holy Grail, which is the cup from The Last Supper. Just, just, now, this isn't Monty Python's, mm-hmm. just so we're all clear. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a tragedy that it's not, but. So she's like, maybe that's her talisman. Go get it. And if I was Tabitha, I'd be like, I guess it's important to some people, but I don't give a crap about this random cup. Literally. So Tabitha goes back to the shop the next night and fights weird demon Percy and she steals the cup from the Last Supper as her talisman. So okay, when, when she goes back, he's dressed as like the war version of it's him. It's so weird in the outfit. So I'm like, is this actual actual? Is this is this actually Augustus, or is this Paul Prince making it weird? I like, don't know. It's so weird. Like, who is this, and what is going on? This was the only part of the episode that was extremely unclear to me. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. It's this is the only scene that makes me feel like maybe I wouldn't give it a shoot. But if it's only one scene, then I'm gonna still give it a shoot. Yeah, it's um, it's mostly just weird. I was like, I have no idea what's happening here. And it sounds like he still sort of has the American accent, but he also sort of has a piece some British in there. So I'm like, I'm not sure 100 what's going on there. And she's like, Who are you? And he says, My name. Names are Legion, but blow out the candle and I am the dark. When I googled my names are Legion, it said the Christian New Testament Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke describe an incident in which Jesus meets a man, or in Matthew, two men, possessed by demons who, in the Mark and Luke versions, when asked what their name is, respond, my name is Legion, for we are many. So I think that that tells us canonically that he's a demon. On God, the only experience I have with that friggin' phrase is anonymous. We are Legion, expect us. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. 
So, so then we see like a weird flash of an actual demon. So basically he's it's, a demon. It, it's very, it's a good jump scare. Yeah. As someone who likes horror and this show is cheesy, it's a pretty good jump scare. But when you pause on it, you're just like, why does this look like that Lady Gaga album art, but without the colors on her face? Wait, which album art? The one art pop. Art pop? Yeah. Oh my God. It does look like art pop. Yeah. Why would you no do colors. that to me? It just, and, and also he's like in a weird spot on the frame too. I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> it's weird. Oh, you have said things that I cannot unhear. It's just like, why wasn't it a close-up? Um, then it would have been scarier. Because if you get close-up, you have to see how rushed the art department right. was. <laughs> yeah. So then they start literally fighting. And you're uh, like, how dare you? They're sword fighting. And like, and you're like, um, how, is, how does Tabitha know how to fight somebody? And she's like, let me explain this while I'm fighting. Yeah. I was on the varsity fencing team and also the debate team. And this, this scene was the worst scene in the episode. It was so weird. And yeah. Bad. It's just like, the episode goes from, oh, this is pretty good, to Tabitha and a demon are sword fighting. Extremely rushed. uh, Because there's, like, no minutes left in the episode. Like, we've got to... This is it. Wrap it up. So she's like, on the debate team, we talked about, would you kill Hitler if you were back in time? And I say, yes, and now I can. (laughs) Because you're, I don't know. I guess uh, he, all racism is just um, actually a demon. Yeah. Sure. So, So then he goes, ah, and he disappears. And then Tabitha goes back to Pops and tells Betty L that she just burned down the curio shop. Okay. Okay. Sure. So Tabitha literally drinks a Pops milkshake from the Holy Grail to get control of her Y'all, this took me the F out. She drank from the Holy Grail. Yeah. It was very funny. A Pops milkshake that Raphael made magically. And then she drinks out of it. She's like, what if the Grail isn't the talisman? And she's like, well, you're just going to have to keep keep looking. Dude, that cup is so shallow. There's like zero milkshake in there. Half of that is whipped cream. Life could be be worse. I guess so. I just think it's extremely funny that they were like, hey, how do we piss off everyone who likes Jesus? She drinks a milkshake from the Holy Grail. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. So Tabitha brought herself back to the present. Good for her. Yep. Just as Percival's goon comes in to hurt her, she knocks him out by throwing the can of tomato soup at his head. It's extremely cool. It was very funny. I liked it a lot. So she walks out and she's like, oh my God, Jughead, I'm back. She immediately throws the can at his head. It's hilarious. And she's like, that man came here to kill me. And Jughead's like, uh, did I miss something? And she's like, like, what are you talking about? She's like, yes, you did miss something. Let's tie him up and put him in the freezer before I tell you about it. I love the freezer. I think that's does he very come, funny. Did, did, did anybody come for him or does he just die in the freezer? Because that seems like a like a health code violation. I mean, probably. So Tabitha explains- Yeah, they kept the Mothman in there. That's true. That is true. Mm. So Tabitha explains to Jughead what happened and then brings in all the other white people with powers to tell them that they need to team up against Percival because she went to the future and they're saving the world from the apocalypse. Okay. Um, the guys, apocalypse? y'all, when they show the shot of the apocalypse, they clearly just didn't have the money to CG, like, Riverdale burnt down. Mm-hmm. So it's just a close shot of the front of Pops with a gray sky overhead. Yeah. That's just a day in Vancouver. They literally just put some color correction over top of that, and they're like, it's the apocalypse. Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah. So she explained everything to Jughead, and Jughead's like, oh, what? I don't have an angel. That sucks. I want an angel. And she's like, well, I was being trained for a war that's coming, because we seem to have the same villain every time period. So he must not be human. He's the personification of evil. And we basically need to become the Avengers or the X-Men. When this man just turns out to be Hiram. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, can you imagine? And he's just like, and then it's Marcus Wallace is back. Yes. And he was just Hiram the whole time. Yes. Wow. Hiram's not dead. That's what he said. I'm imagining it. That's what happens. Yeah. So she, she brings in all the other white people with powers. And Archie says that Frank and Alice said that Percival's trying to get Governor Dooley on board so that they can't landmark Pops. 
And I just think that Governor Dooley should know to stay the heck away from Riverdale because of all the crap he's been through yeah, already, Yeah, Governor you know? Dooley should really have learned his lesson yeah. here. So she's like, this is Pops, this is where the final battle will be fought, and my talisman was actually Pops the whole time, just like the ruby slippers, except it's a building. Sure. And she's like, I went to the future and everything was gone except for Pops, and Archie's like, well, can we fix it? Can we change it? And she's like, I don't know, it might be like a fixed point like Martin Luther King Jr.'s death, but we are getting ready for the apocalypse in Riverdale. This show- um, Insane. Yeah, this show has gone off the rails, but I'm having a great time watching it burn. Yeah, I absolutely loved this episode. I, I, I like I say, every episode, not a dud so far- in this back bit of the episode or of the season. And I'm having a great time. I am just waiting for them to misstep though. (laughs) They're gonna. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people they did. It's just that we are still entertained by the insane things they're doing. So now we're going to go into segments. My first segment is which character needs a hug the most. I'll give it to Tabitha. Yeah. 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 And my segment is which MILF was the most badass. Like, I wish Tabitha was a MILF because she, like, she is. But I'm going to give it to Tracy. Oh, sure. Who knew uh, how to protect her family from Mm. cops. Yeah. While we wait for Sam to text me back on who she's shipping the most, uh, my other segment is, is Chick dead or what? I don't know. Is Hiram dead? I guess not, but I don't know for Hiram sure. Hiram is not dead. Uh, what is Sam shipping the most? Sam got back to me and she says, Tabitha and Tony again. Heck yeah. I mean, the woman has taste. Incredible. She married me, so it's gotta be good. <laughs> and now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to that random guy in the 60s for <laughs> what did that piggy want? <laughs> It's the only one I could think of to choose, to be honest, because it was, uh, other than that, like, kind of a very serious episode. Yeah. Um, so that's what I decided to pick. What'd that piggy want? I actually... You don't need one. It's ha- all good. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't even think to pick one. Yeah, the only other one I could think of was maybe that line of Betty's, but yeah, it just, like, it seemed a little out of place in this crazy, crazy show, you know what I mean? Yeah, other than uh, Tabitha being like, do you have a warrant? Which was more badass than yeah. a good line, but yeah. yep. Uh, so we'll really quickly go into what we thought about the trailer. So here's the little blurb that came with the trailer. So the fog comes to Riverdale. <gasps> After uncovering what Percival has planned for the town, Archie, Betty, Jughead, and Tabitha devise a plan to oust the current town council and instate their own. But when Again. Per- mm-hmm. But when Percival catches wind of their secret meeting, he and Alice use an upcoming weather event to scare the town into staying in their homes while they carry out the next step of Percival... Percival's master plan. Hate that Alice is his right-hand person. Yeah. That's so annoying. Alice deserves a lot better than yeah. what these writers are doing to her, but, um... Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's work from Machen, and it's a CW show, so you kind of gotta... But she was so good at the beginning of season five. Yeah. And it's like, why couldn't we have just kept that? But Why couldn't we have just kept that MILF excellence going? Okay, so Alice announces the fog is coming in on the TV, I assume. This is basically the ice storm again in season four, yeah. when we're just having a storm and people are, you know, in their little groups. Yeah. We see Barchie kissing on the floor of Archie's living room with lots of candles, very romantic for them. You know, I am not forgetting the still that we saw before this... Um, before, like, after Rivervale and before Riverdale started back up again this season, um, we saw a still of Archie and Betty holding a pregnancy test. Like, I'm not forgetting that, and I'm wondering when that starts. Bro, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, I'm like, is this, you know, the romance? Is this, is this where it starts? I don't know. Did they also just, like, scrap that? Well, I don't know. It's been such a long time. I, I don't know. Was that 
leaked. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, we see Tony and Fangs in their apartment having drinks. So I'm glad that they're back together and that they're not fighting anymore. Um, then we see the power go out and it also goes out in the casino with Ronnie and Reggie. In a second, we see Veggie like kissing in a very sensual scene. Yeah, we're probably going to get a sex scene. So I guess Reggie is not barred from either her casino or her bed anymore. <laughs> Clearly. The power also goes out in Pops with Jughead and Tabitha. Reggie says it's like a Stephen King movie out there. Which I mean, is called... Yes. Uh, the Mist. The Mist. We see Jughead just standing in like a dark Pops. Someone knocking on a door with a knocker. Cheryl opens like a little barred window door. And Penelope is there in like nun clothing. I, okay. She really took the religion thing seriously. She sure did. And Cheryl says, you've got to be kidding me, which I agree. (laughs) Happy to see Penelope again, though. Always happy that Nat's getting work. Uh, Tabitha says, what if something's out there? We see Barchie talking and then Archie like turns around as if something, I don't know, like a sound or if somebody like showed up or Mm -hmm. something. Uh, We see Cheryl blowing out a candle. We see Kevin in the school, I think, with, like, red creepy lights, which kind of reminded me of, like, Midnight Club and, like, the Gargoyle King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then Alice says, the fog is coming on the TV again. So so. this is just, I mean, it's fog, which is the mist, so. It looks cool. It is Stephen King. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's nail on the head, but sure. I'm just like, if it's supposed to be an homage to the mist, why did we not just call it the mist? Um, it could be that that phrase is copywritten. I guess that maybe that's true. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, thank you so much to Sam for hanging out in her room while we recorded this podcast. She's the best. And also thanks to my little dog for um, sleeping quietly right beside us the entire time. Yeah, you that were, was new for him. You were very good, my love. Yeah, that was surprising. What, what chaos will you bring down on us the whole afternoon now? Who knows? Oh, God, he knows we're talking to him. He's set up. He's like, I'm preparing. Uh, if you're so inclined, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this, uh, whatever podcast platform you're on. We need them. Yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, we talked about that show, too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing. And now we're going back to do the good old days, starting with season three, ending with season one. Check that out if you like complaining. <laughs> We like complaining. It's my favorite hobby. Yeah. If you like Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We are going to do season four soon because it's coming out soon. Yes, but we have episodes for all of the episodes so far. So catch up before uh, season four starts. Yes. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We're almost done season three. Um, It is our longest, most big brain podcast. We have guests over there and it is spoiler free until a spoiler section at the end. So if you want to watch along with us as you're watching for the first time, I would be absolutely honored. (laughs) It would mean the world to me. She really would love that. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would give her the serotonin. Yeah. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter and Robin makes gifts of her favorite line awards on Tumblr. That's true. Like I said earlier, our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Aficionados. If you like what we do here please consider donating because uh it's expensive it's expensive to do it is free for you to listen to but it's not free to make so we'd really appreciate anything you can do um all of those perks that i said before you can get those if you join our patreon yeah thank you so much you can follow me on twitter at apritania which is b-r-i-t-t-a-n-i-a with an underscore at the end you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-f-f-r-e-y pretty much everywhere uh, our next episode is episode 612. It's called In the Fog. It is a 2012 drama film, um, and it takes place in 1942 in Belarus during the German occupation. And it's, you know, has stuff to do with, you know, Germany in 1942. Yeah. yeah. Stuff that really has nothing to do with Riverdale and is not relevant to Riverdale, but I guess they I bet they, w- that anyway. they wanted to call it the best. You know that. Oh, right? yeah. Of yeah, course they did. For sure. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.